Welcome to the Mindfulness of Singing, and I'm Denise, your sassy, spunky scientist. And I'm Tony, your bubbly, big-hearted flower child. Our podcast features practical tips and tools for a journey of transformation using the healing power of your voice. Each podcast, we will delve into the mind, body, and spirit connection by interviewing inspirational guests, sharing personal stories, and discussing the most recent scientific research. Tune in and join our community of mindful singers. Hey, Tony, long time no see, my friend. My goodness, has it ever been. Lots of water under the bridge since we talked last and lots of bridges to go over for me. Wow, mamma mia. So I'm... I'm happy to connect and share about all of our adventures. So yeah. we've not had a fight. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. We should clarify that. There might be people wondering, gosh, what happened? Did those two split up? Getting water under the bridge means there's been something turbulent that's occurred. And oh, that's water under the bridge now. But we, oh. don't, we haven't had any water under the bridge for no no water under the bridge means to me means life experiences interesting but yeah i guess it could that could connotate a negative no denise and i have not had any water under the bridge but i've gone over a lot of bridges literally the literalist in me with water underneath them that's what i meant uh but no all is well in our world and we've just taken a break and we're happy to be back and happy to share uh i can't wait for denise to share all the things she's learned in the mindfulness classes and i've been on a personal journey on the road attending a lot of mindfulness events and lots of adventure so Yes. Well, and uh, and we've got some some interesting things brewing for the new season, right? For the next, and we've you know traveling. What Tony's referring to with her water under the bridge is that we've both traveled. Her mostly, her her mostly, not me. I've done very little. Um, What I actually, I've done a lot, but I not any place exciting. She's been out of the country even. She's had a very exciting summer and we knew we were going to take part of July and August off, but we didn't know we were going to end up having to take all of September off as well, mostly because I moved and it's just been kind of a, as they say, in the good place. It's been a shirt show. A shirt show? That's cute. (laughs) Well, see, now I'll explain. No, I in the show. We'll know what I mean. Yeah, I, I, I got it. I just didn't remember that. Thanks, Trevor. So, well, shall I jump in first or would you like to? No, you go. Let's hear it. I know what you did. Well, um, my mind has just been on one of my adventures that kind of webs and ties into all of the others. And that was the opportunity to attend Flow Genome Camp this summer. And we studied a book called Recapture the Rapture. Rethinking God, Sex, and Death in a World That's Lost Its Mind by Jamie Wheel. And Jamie Wheel actually led the camp. And it was a phenomenal experience. And what we did was study flow states by diving deep into five different activities that help us get into a flow state. And they are respiration, embodiment, music, sacraments, and sexuality. 
and uh, we deep dived into all of it. And it's hard to put the experience into words. It was so rich. In fact, I was just watching a video before we met Denise, and I'm going to share that with everyone. Um, and it just brought back lots of smiles and memories. But one thing that happened was I was expecting us to have circus equipment where you, there's a geodesic dome that you can spin around in or a swing that goes, I, think of the largest swing set you can imagine and you swing all the way around and stuff like that. Well, there were issues with insurance and liability and flooding and water. And so they didn't bring all that equipment. So I was a little bit disappointed. However, the camp was still a really rich experience. But what's happened since then is in my own personal world, I have climbed um, the Chief, which is a mountain in Canada with my daughter. At one point we had to take steel cables and get up the side of the mountain and climb narrow ladders where your feet only fit, you can't even put two feet together, places where the rocks look like such a steep angle that you can't even imagine and it was thrilling Denise is like no way I'm not doing it in fact the first time we went we had hiked forever and I got up there and I realized I just didn't have the right kind of shoes we had to go back down and I did it another day one day we hiked 36,000 steps and hiked to the top of a glacier and got in the water there and then I uh, rode in a hot air balloon and probably the most exciting thing that's happened to me as far as an adrenaline rush was that last Sunday when I rode in the hot air balloon when we finished I happened to meet someone who skydives and it all happened so fast that I didn't have a chance to get into a fear state of fear but I found myself just a few minutes later up in an airplane watching and observing for free, three men jump out of a plane and skydive. And the pilot took the plane and after they jumped out, put it on its side, shut off the engine and we did a free fall. And I squealed uh, and he's probably a little bit deaf now, but it was an exhilarating experience. And what does all of that have to do with mindfulness of singing and flow states? You don't have to jump out, well, I didn't jump out of plane yet. That's on the yet. Uh, and you don't have to, you know, climb steep mountains, but you do have to do something that gets you out of your comfort zone, that gets you in a state of fear. And the very honest truth is that two days after I did that in the plane, I did an exercise. I'm a member of Toastmasters in Italy, and I was more nervous speaking in Italian for a room full of Italians. And no one's ever died speaking in a foreign language, but there have been some accidents and planes tumbling around in the air. And honestly, I was far more nervous. But all those experiences shake up our world and our energy and get us into a flow state in other areas of our life. And um, so that long story was to say, while I didn't get to have the circus equipment that I had envisioned getting to experience at camp, it all happened just not at camp and happened after that. And one of the things we talk about too, as far as growth and biohacking is experiencing extremes. And when I was in extremes of hot and cold and eating and fasting and all that sort of thing, when I was in Canada, I stayed in a, in a cabin in the in a rainforest where there was no light because there was no electricity and in a rainforest is pretty dark especially at night 
in a foreign country with no running water, an outhouse, no food other than my ice chest, and really roughing it. And man, do you begin to experience things when the best way to experience something is to take it away. And then you have such an, a tremendous appreciation. So I've been talking for a long time and I have so much more I could say, but Denise, would you like to jump in? No. <laughs> okay. Well, that's a rare moment when she's just that matter of fact. Well, she's always matter of fact, but with a no. And so I guess, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I, I'm, I admire your courage. I just, I have a terrible fear of heights and I, I, I would be left on that mountain because my feet would not move. They just don't hide <laughs> somewhere. They will not move. They're like bricks. So I don't know, girl, but you do it. Just don't tell me the day you're going to jump out of a plane. Do not tell me. Okay. That's a deal. That's a deal. In fact, I do not want to know. That's fine. I will. And I sent some pictures of me. You can tell I'm super stoked. And I've got a parachute on because you do have to wear a parachute if you're in a plane with the uh, door opening up. But no, I didn't jump out of the plane. That, But I had enough adrenaline rush, rushes if I did. But the point of the camp was to grow up, show up, and and be more in every area of your life. And so I, when I was going through my notes and kind of reminiscing on all the rich experiences, there were so many recommendations for videos and movies and things. And I read a poem and I thought this really sums up uh, what kind of what's happened in my life. And there have been a lot of things that I've been afraid of. And this has nothing to do with mindfulness of singing, but being alive does inspire other things in your life. And I'm dating again, which hadn't happened in a long time. And I'm having a blast. And as I said, it has nothing to do with mindfulness of singing, but it has to do with embracing our fears and being mindful. And so this poem, I hope will inspire all of us, myself included. I think it's a beautiful poem and you may recognize it by the time I get to the end of it. So it goes like this. <clears throat> People are often unreasonable, illogical and self-centered. Forgive them anyway. If you are kind, people may accuse you of selfish ulterior motives. Be kind anyway. If you are successful, you will win some false friends and some true enemies. Succeed anyway. If you are honest and frank, people may cheat you. Be honest and frank anyway. What you spend years building, someone could destroy overnight. Build anyway. If you find serenity and happiness, they may be jealous. Be happy anyway. The good you do today, people will often forget tomorrow. Do good anyway. Give the world your best you have, and it may never be enough. Give the world the best you've got anyway. You see, in the final analysis, it is between you and your God. It was never between you and them anyway. That's a good poem. I like that. Isn't that beautiful? And the author is Mother Teresa. So love anyway, even if you risk being hurt or things that scare you. I, I'm gonna do something tomorrow not as dramatic as flying in a plane uh, with skydivers, but it's gonna scare me. And I used, to, I used to have something in my mirror that said, do something every day that scares you. And I think it does cause you to wake up. And in fact, I shared in a story that we did a singing exercise that 
improvisational thing and it just opened the floodgates for experiencing other improvisational things and I've uh, even gotten my courage up and got an interface mixer and microphones and I'm playing and doing things I've never done before and surprising myself and actually having fun. So I hope that all of my journey will encourage others to do it anyway, whatever you're afraid of. So yes. that's my on that mountain <laughs> except climbing that mountain well and the mountain can be a metaphor a metaphor for something else it doesn't have to be in this instance it doesn't have to be a literal mountain believe me that when i gave my speech in italian and now i'm going to be the toastmaster next time they keep giving me harder jobs but when i gave my complete speech in italian my leg was shaking more than any concert i've ever done because I couldn't improvise very easily on the spot with a speech when it's not my native tongue. So, uh, yeah, no, I'd be really nervous. Uh, I uh, one time I was taking French and it was my third year of French and I was pretty, pretty good at French. Generally, I mean, not fluent, not like you are in Italian, but it was certainly OK. And um, uh, the person I was with, we were at a hotel and. It was for some sort of a conference or something. I, I can't remember. But anyway, she said to the guy, because they had their name name on their name tag and underneath it where they were from. And he had Paris there. And she was like, oh, my friend's just finished her third year of French. She speaks French. He started talking to me in French. And I mean, I broke out in this cold, hideous sweat and just went, oh, I mean, I could not make anything work. Because I was so I, so I can't imagine what it would be like. And that's not usually my personality. So I can't exactly. It's not her, it's not Denise's personality at all. At all. Surprise. And I had didn't have a chance to like plan what I was gonna say or whatever. But so I can't imagine doing an entire speech or or um being a toastmaster in another language that's not your own, your first. And um if something goes wrong or whatever you have to think on your feet and you gotta that would make me nervous yeah for sure but but so what all the things that you were just talking about i'm pretty fearless like i was just sitting here thinking what would i do uh tomorrow if i were going to do something and be afraid that's a great question i don't i mean something that would be readily available to me right huh. I mean, I don't mind hiking up the mountain, but I might not hike up the cliff. You know what I mean? Like, I have no problem going on hikes and going up the mountain. Um, mountain. I don't know about you know the straight the straight face of a rocky or whatever. And it's a slope that you're climbing like this, where you could easily. Shh, that yeah. Yeah. No. No. Um, especially up rock, you know, where you have no real footing and that sort of thing. Now I can't imagine, but. Um, I don't know what I would do tomorrow if I had to think of something. Well, I do have something coming up this week that I will tell you that I'm well. Okay, so I have always suffered a bit, sometimes more than others, with some performance anxiety. It's funny because in the operas that I've been in, or the musicals that I've been in, I, I don't, I don't have that kind of fear in those. Like. I feel like you're, it's a team effort. There's lots of people on stage. There are a lot of people around to bail you out if something happens. 
Um, I've been lucky enough to be a part of amazing casts where the lead, whoever was the lead with me, or if, or, or maybe I wasn't the lead and I, I was a supporting person and the lead knew everybody's lines. Like I don't get that person, but knew every, not only their lines, but everybody else's and could whisper your line to you. I've been really lucky in that. And that gives us a certain sense of uh, security, knowing that there's people around you to, and putting on a costume. I mean, it's just different. But you when you become somebody else, yeah, but it's di- it's just different. You you know, you're not facing out into an audience of people you know that are coming specifically to hear you. Oh, I'm agreeing with you. I get I get the difference. Yeah, no, I I I know you. I know you do. But and and then also you're bearing your own voice for people to listen to for an hour, 40 minutes, 45 to 50 minutes or whatever, an hour, hour and 15, whatever it is your recital is. And it's just you and a piano more than likely. Maybe you might have a few other instruments, but it's a very naked way to be on a stage. Vulnerable. Super vulnerable. Super. I I mean, for me, it just feels like I've walked out in nothing. High heels and my nakedness. Like it. That's a good way to sum it up. <laughs> and I, I've struggled w- with it throughout my career as a singer. And always, I've always done them. Every year when I was at the University of Toledo, I sang a recital every year. But sometimes I would include like other faculty or we would do something like that. But and and that always made me feel a little bit better too, you know, having other faculty, but on my own, you know all completely memorized, four or five languages represented. My biggest fear was not that my voice would break or give out on me or or that I might not sing very well. I always could depend on my voice. You know, I mean, that doesn't mean everybody likes my voice. I'm not saying that. I'm saying I didn't have to worry about something technically with my voice not being right. High notes, whatever. I mean, just I just sang. But uh, memory slips were always my biggest fear. And, you know, we talk about that a little bit in the book, but so I won't give that away, but I will just say that I'm doing one Thursday night for the very first time. Thank you for under pressure though. I must say my chair, my department pushed me to do it. And you didn't volunteer and say, Hey, after all this COVID time, I'm ready to do a recital. Right. And before COVID, I was going to do a Spanish recital with a Spanish guitarist on campus. And, and, you know, and so, I I mean, we were going to do that, but, but then COVID happened and it didn't happen. And, and then, you know, you feel you you can't really, you don't feel like you can practice with people and put them in danger, right? Singers, super spreaders, all that went down. And, and so uh, anyway, so Thursday, I am doing something that's going to take me out of my comfort zone a little bit. And that is do a recital. And I did figure out a long time ago, well, not that long ago, but a while ago, five, six, seven years ago. I mean, that's not that long ago considering how long I've been a singer, but I had an audition for an opera company and it was an invitation and I went and the whole time I was like, I hope I'm not going to be nervous. I hope I'm not going to be nervous. I hope I'm not going to be nervous. Oh my God, what if I'm nervous? What if I'm really nervous? And that's a really stupid question to ask yourself when you've never not been nervous. Like what? I, that, that's like, what saying, are the odds? Huh. Yeah, that's like saying, I hope I'm not going to be hungry. I hope I'm not going to, God, what if I'm hungry? Like I am going to be hungry. 
I've been hungry before every day around the same times, in fact. And I realized how dumb it was, like just how silly I was being by going, gosh, what if I'm, I hope I'm not nervous. Gosh, what if I'm nervous? I hope I'm not nervous to just go, yep, I'm going to be nervous. I am. And so what am I going to do? Embracing it. What am I, I don't know about embracing it, but what am I going to do with it? Like, I don't, what, what am I going to do it? And I know that I don't feel nervous or afraid very often. So when I do feel those emotions, they're extremely uh, uncomfortable for me because uh-huh. they're not your feelings for me. I'm very seldom nervous about things, but uh, it's going to be a, it's, it's going to be, I enjoy singing all the music. Like it's going to be fine. It's going to be good. And what is it about singers who can't say it's going to be a great recital and not feel, can you tell I'm struggling with my hair um, and not say, um, gosh, that sounds conceited or, oh, I should be more humble or, but it is going to be a good recital. My pianist is great. The music's lovely. Barring I don't like faint on the floor or something, which (laughs) I don't think that's going to happen. You're well prepared. You know, the music, it will be lovely. Yeah. I learned a few new things, but I know, but they're, they're, they're locked and loaded and ready to go. We've been practicing long enough. So I'm going to be nervous on Thursday. It does frighten me to do that. um, Especially after having not sung really at all in almost two years. Well, okay. So I'd sang right before COVID hit. I was singing out in California and that's the last time I really sang something. So, you know, it's, it's just weird to be singing again. And every time I'd step out and don't have on a mask, I'm like, oh my God, I should have on a mask. Where's my mask? You know? And then you go, I don't have to wear it anymore. This is awesome. Anyway, it's just a, it's a weird, it's a weird place to be doing things that we were doing with no problem. And then also, like I said, it's always been a thing of nerves for me, but I did take some classes in mindfulness this summer. Tell us, tell us more. So um, for those of you who don't know, I'm working on another master's degree and I won't go into why or any of that here, but anyway, just, just don't judge me. All right. I know I already have degrees, but um, it's free. I will say that it's free. So it started out as something I was just curious about and wanted to see if I would like it. And it turned out that I love it. And so decided to stay in it. And so I've had the opportunity to take some mindfulness classes because of the degree and the degree is in psychotherapy, by the way, just so you're like, what, what kind of, what is that? Um, and so there's a huge, um, movement and practice of mindfulness as a form of psychotherapy. And, and of course that intrigues me and I like that and love all the neuroscience behind it and stuff. So took the class classes and, um, I, I have learned, you know, some, some coping strategies, not just get to apply this week. I get to apply this week because as part of those classes, one of the things that we had to do was to try to, you know, write some papers and do some research and stuff. And on, and I chose what, what can help people with performance anxiety. So I've been trying to stay in that space of being really mindful about that fear and about that anxiety 
a nervousness, I would call it not so much anxiety as just being nervous, a little apprehensive, maybe. I don't know. I think of anxiety as somebody who's like really sweating and, you know, has major heart palpitations. What happens for me is I get sweaty palmed. My knees shake a little bit. I get very easily distracted. So if somebody picks their nose in the audience, I'm, I'm gone. I'm out. I'm, I'm, I wish I could put a news bulletin out to everyone who's attending. Please don't pick your nose during Denise's. She's liable to hand you a tissue, you know. Mm. Falls asleep. I mean, that ha happens, right? Or oh, everything can happen. Someone can die. Someone can cry. You know, we've talked about those. Yes. Gets up and walks out or somebody's cell phone goes off or whatever. And if I'm at a kind of a heightened state of feeling anxious and feeling afraid, then those things can take me down a really deep rabbit hole very quickly and I can become not present. And so I have really been working while we've been practicing on being very present during that recital and during the practicing of the recital. And I, I was like maybe two rehearsals ago, super not present, forgot words all the time, you know, all, all of the things, forgot an entrance, whatever. And my accompanist was just laughing. She was like, what's up with you today? Are you? Huh. Yeah. And she's like, what? You haven't done this at all. And I'm like, well, I can tell you why. It's because I allowed myself to, to go down a rabbit hole in my thoughts and um, did not stay present. And um, so, you know, I have learned some definitely some techniques for being present putting myself in my body, um, feeling my feet, uh, seeing the words on the back wall as they go by. That keeps me very present. Um, uh, thinking about my breath, but not in a way of the singer's breath and how I must take you know my diaphragm, but being aware of my breath and how it could better, how it can better serve me as a singer, not over breathing not causing myself more um, uh, vagus nerve disruption by over breathing and, and trying to be a, you know, a good singer with my breath, but rather be smart about my breath. And those things really have helped me uh, stay grounded in being mindful during the rehearsal process. So after the recital, I'll let you know how it goes. Well, I'm sure it's going to be awesome. And I, I want to jump in there and say, all those crazy things I was sharing earlier are all exercises that force you to be present. Oh, yes. Right. Like if you, if you got to think about your feet up a mountain or you might fall to plummet to your death, then you I be a real present when, and when the, some of the ladders, as I mentioned, were so narrow that you couldn't put both feet on at the same time. So you had to slowly and methodically put one foot, you're going down back, climbing up wasn't so bad, but going down backwards or how you're holding onto that chain or being in the airplane and being Lucille Ball and thinking, do not pull the pull cord, Tony, keep your hand over here. You don't want the parachute, you know, exploding inside the plane because there was nothing to hold on to. I had to be fully present. I literally had to find something because I did have that crazy fear, but I think the, the tie-in between the singing and the, all the things that I mentioned is it all requires presence. And as a result of that, I feel I'm more present in other areas of life 
and life is richer. I've, I'm really in an, a very uncertain place, but I've got to say I'm very happy, you know? So I think that's a good place to kind of wrap it up and encourage everybody to go out and be present to whatever scares you, uh, whether that's literal or figuratively, and and apply that to your singing and see what happens. See if you're more present. Um, we love to hear uh, for those of you who are going back to singing, at the, you know, now that you're finally getting to go back to singing and, and maybe you've been doing it over the summer. We'd love to hear um, what your experiences have been and how much you're enjoying being able to to perform. Absolutely. Last night I was at an outdoor concert, big music festival, and I sat there and just took a moment for gratitude of we're here because of the vaccine. I don't mean to get political, but if things hadn't shifted, we wouldn't be here now. And I just felt a sense of joy and wonderment watching everybody and watching the performers. It was a huge concert, you know, without mask and what a gift that is. And so also to wrap up, if you haven't subscribed to our newsletter, I tell a story from Flow Genome Camp about an exercise that both Denise and I have done uh, that's really uh, fosters creativity. And there's an article, a link for improvisation for creativity. And so sign up for the newsletter. And if you don't get October's newsletter, you can still read it on the website. Uh, I met when I was traveling, I was in Bellingham, Washington, waiting for my COVID test analysis to process so I could get to Canada and see my daughter for my other adventures. And I got to do some pretty cool musical things. And those, I won't reveal their names yet, guests are going to be coming on soon. So we've got, we're glad to be back. And as we said, it wasn't a fight just to break and out enjoying life. And so thanks for joining us and, and share with us your stories of the things you've embraced singing again and your fears. So that's all I have, Denise. You have anything else? No, no, no. Go sing, people. And Go do it anyway. Do it anyway. As the poem. Yeah, as the poem says. Do it anyway. Okay. Ciao. Ciao. Thank you so much for listening. We are very grateful that you joined us today. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, write a review, share it with a friend.